Hello and welcome to Early Childhood Ireland's podcast. I'm Maura Corbett and I work with Early Childhood Ireland. To mark the 18th National Pyjama Day that's taking place this year, we've some special edition podcasts and I know you've heard some of them already with uh, beneficiaries of the funds that Pyjama Day raises. And we've been chatting as well with some members of Early Childhood Ireland about the the fun and the activities that uh, they do on Pyjama Day in their settings. So today I'm really delighted and happy to be talking to Anna Gunning, who's the CEO of Children in Hospital Ireland. Since 1970, and I was surprised that uh, CIH was around that long, um, it's been a volunteer-driven mobilising force for sick children and their caregivers all across Ireland. There are over 500 volunteers across 14 paediatric units all over the country. In the hearts and minds of parents everywhere, there's no greater suffering than when your child is sick. Um, and, you know, all parents under, understand that and know how tough that is. So for over 50 years, uh, Children in Hospital Ireland have been supporting families when they need it most. It's the small tokens of generosity and compassion that they hear from parents every day that make the hardest days a little more manageable. So, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about the work of Children in Hospital Ireland. And you're really welcome to this special edition podcast. Great. Thanks, Maura. So uh, can you describe um, a little more? I mean, I've just done an, a nutshell there. Can you describe for our listeners a little bit more about your work and uh, who and how the charity uh, supports children and families? Sure. So, as I say, Children's Hospital Ireland is 50 years old um, and actually it was established in 1970 without going into great detail. But it's 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 a it's a good reminder of where we were 50 years ago, that parents were actually only allowed to visit their children for perhaps half an hour a day. Uh, And it really started from a group of parents who were fighting for the rights of parents to stay with their child when they were in hospital. And those early volunteers literally just sat in the ward and said, no, I'm not going home, I'm going to stay with my child overnight and and really fought with the matrons and the medics at the time to assert that right. So, you know, it's very much a kind of a a rights-based organization in that sense, even though we're best known for our play service, it really started with grassroots advocacy um, and with people really saying, you know, this is the right of a child to have their parent with them at all times and that should be facilitated at the time it wasn't. You know, when you say that, we've, we've come a long way. We certainly have. Yeah, we certainly it's hard have. to, you, you know, for parents yeah. who were born <laughs> in, the, in that space of time, it's hard to believe that there, there was a time when parents weren't allowed in. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And it's just been, you know, we've just been writing our kind of a memoir book at the moment. And it's inspirational to talk to to some of those mostly women. But but there was a lot of medics who came on board and, and other policymakers who came on board to support us at the time as well. Uh, so so they, you know, they fought for for that right of parents to stay with their child, but they also fought to get education in school, in hospitals um, and to get a play service in hospitals. So, of course, that's close to the, the heart of early childhood Ireland as well, I know. Um, and the play, I, we really, I suppose, recognise the need and the role of play in the recovery of children, children who are sick. Um, And it's well demonstrated that children who have access to play and preferably have access to to fresh air as well, uh, that their recovery is is, um, significantly increased and their time in hospital is is, uh, shortened, which is great. 
So it's even the role of play before children go to hospital, if it's a if it's a planned admission, you know, we've had learning stories um, over the years where, you know, families knew that children were going to be going to hospital and when settings provided the various kind of accoutrements for in um, imaginative play areas that children were uh, better able to manage and understood what was happening more. And like you say, their recovery time was was faster. Yeah, that's right. And in fact, I remember, yeah, I remember an input that um, I think it was Carmel Brennan made at one of our AGMs. uh, And she showed us some of the artwork that had been done by children and some of the, you know, when children either before they go into hospital or after they come out of hospital and and about them being experts in their own experience of being in hospital and sharing that with the other children and just, you know, normalizing it. And I guess that's what our play service is about. It's about bringing some normality to that awful situation of of being in in hospital and you know it is you know we have come a full circle now so where we started the parents couldn't uh, stay with their child now our volunteers go in and and they say to a parent you know it's okay to leave your child for 15 minutes to go and get a shower go and get a walk take a break we'll stay with the child Uh, because parents feel really guilty if they're not with the child 24 7 and then of course they're managing the guilt of not being with their other child, children who are at home, perhaps out of Dublin, uh, you know, regularly speak to parents and they they say things like, you know, my other little one is starting school today and I'm not there for them because I'm in hospital with the sick child. So it's really, really tough. You know, it really is. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, you know, there's two main branches to the organization. Um, now, one is the play service and that's our that's our kind of public facing image of the organization. And there are amazing volunteers who go in every week, two and a half hours every week across the country and play with the children in their red T-shirts. And the second part is now that we have uh, increased our work on the whole advocacy uh, side and looking at the needs of uh, parents and uh, the children who are in hospital because there's still a long way to go. And hospitals are under immense pressure, as we know, and there's a lot of support that can still be given to parents. So, you know, our advocacy service, our policy side is really kind of complementing the work that's done and building on what we're hearing back when we when we are in the hospitals and talking to parents and families. So it's a nice coming together. And and that probably leads us on to speak a little bit about, you know, the pajama day funding and the opportunity we have now. Mm, The specific um, um, function or purpose that the money raised by Pajama Day 2021 will be used for by Children in Hospital Ireland. Exactly, exactly. And we're so grateful for it because this is a project that, you know, we had started work on about a year ago and we had just left it because we didn't have the funds to put it in place. But it very much came out of a piece of research that we did, uh, carried out in 2019, published in 2020, called Childhood Illness Financial Stress, um, the Hidden Costs of Hospital Care for Children. And that brought up an awful lot of things. I suppose, you know, the biggest thing was that a parent didn't worry about when their child was in hospital about the medical care. They felt they were in good hands, but they were incredibly stressed about the financial costs that were building up while their child was in hospital. They lost, you know, at least one income. Uh, They had additional childcare costs. If they were at home, they're paying parking, accommodation, travel, all those things. And they found it really difficult to access information. So parents, you know, some of the, Some of the quotes from the research that we did were, you know, a parent who said to us, it's impossible what to know. It's impossible to know what you should or can apply for, um, how to, when to. All these things are confusing at the best of times. 
but increasingly difficult when you're in hospital and you're a physical and emotional wreck. I mean, and that's just, I can't imagine how you can begin to kind of sort through paperwork and whatever when you're looking at your, your sick child and at the same time in the back of your mind, you're worrying about having the mortgage paid. There's just so much going on. And indeed, social workers said the same to us. Social workers said, you know, family don't have the time or energy. They're not in that headspace to be looking around, seeing what's going on out there. Somebody needs to go in and say, you can get this, you can do this, you can access whatever. So that really put it in mind for us to say, we need a one-stop shop. We need better support for parents. We recently did a, a training event. Again, parents said every parent should do like a training course or a workshop. They should have something available when their child goes into hospital because it just, you're thrown into a different space. You don't know where to access information and you hear random bits, mostly from other parents. You know, we're not great at just giving them one piece of paper that says this allowance may be available. If you need support, you could go to this charity um, or indeed looking at things like mental health supports. Um, huge issue for parents, the stress that they're under when their child is in hospital and how they can access support for themselves, for the other siblings um, and, and indeed how that could be paid for. Because we know that of the people we spoke to, I think over 25 percent said they needed mental health support, but they just couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford each parent to be spending 60 euro a week or every two weeks on accessing private uh, counselling. Um, and therefore, they were at their, their wits end. And there were some really, really terrible situations for parents, to be honest. So look, to turn it around to, to what we can do and to look at the positive side of it, it's really clear that there's a gap there. And, and what we hope to do with the Pajama Day funding is to set up that kind of a one-stop shop to pull a lot of that information together it would be on a website hosted by ourselves, um, but also in collaboration with the other childhood illness organizations. So we work with organizations that support children with cancer, spina bifida hydrocephalus, with diabetes, epilepsy, a whole range of organizations. So they'll all feed into this as well and have their own information on that site. So it's just it's a fantastic opportunity for us. And it's a huge gap that needs addressing and, and Pajama Day funds are going to go a long way to doing that. Thanks so much for, for, for that overview. Um, well, we're we so that... grateful just to say, and so grateful to all the, all the, uh, the members of Early Childhood Ireland who, who supported and voted for, I suppose, this project to be uh, funded. It just means so much to us, but it's not about us. It's about the parents who are going to use it. So it will mean so much to them because we know, we know it's a, it's a real gap. So. Yeah. And the children who will ultimately benefit. So uh, hope everybody uh, enjoys Pajama Day and um, makes lots of um, make lots of money while enjoying all the fun. And uh, thanks, everybody, for, for listening to this this podcast. And once you've got the um, the funds raised, please return it to us as uh, as soon as possible. So the um, the funds can be dispersed. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, thanks for joining us, Anna.